0: Hey y'all, it's your girl who swirls, Chris Karazin from Beyond Black and White and just starting this Google Hangout, we're going to have a special guest later on, but I want to just kind of talk with you all really quick about um, some recent events that have happened that affect me um, and some recent events that have affected our community that are important for us to discuss. Um, Last Saturday, I I watched a very... it was really hard to watch my half sister, She's my sister, she's my, ha- I, you know, people say, Oh, you know, you, why do you, you know, qualify her as your half sister? Well, the, the reason why I do is because otherwise people don't understand. They have questions. Um, I yeah. qualify her as my half sister because she is 25 years older than me. So she's like old enough to be, you know, my mother. And so we were never really that close. Um in truth, my niece who is 32 years old, we're more I'm more close with my niece who's who's 32 than with my um with my sister. And you know, it was really hard to watch the situation with my sister, um, and I think I've shared it with you guys. Um, you know, she was morbidly obese, and um, she was just kind of like, you know, I'm gonna do what I want to do, and you know, we had to kind of just accept that. But now we we watch her, we watched her die. And it was really hard for me to watch, but I felt good because she was cognizant at the end. Um, I was able to tell her that I love her. I was able to tell her that, um, that it was okay that we were going to take care of her daughter and that, um, we love her and you know I kissed her I kissed her hand and you know she she couldn't talk at the end but she had these furrowed brows and I know just knowing my sister she um, I know she didn't want to die so it was hard because of that reason you know it's 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 somehow sometimes okay when the person is prepared to die it's a little different when you know that person is not ready and so i knew that she wasn't ready and it was hard it was it was definitely hard and yeah i never saw anybody you know in the in the last hours of their life so it was um it was hard to see um so that was just something personal that happened with me over the week that kind of Affected me, but then there was also something that happened nationally that um, Affected a lot of us and that had to do with the events that happened in Ferguson in that um, uh, The grand jury had decided not to pursue Criminal charges for the police officer who shot and killed Mike Brown who was an unarmed young man he was um 18 years old and um there's been some outrage about it and I think we're all kind of like you know (laughs) kind of in shock um some of us old folks I think it's reminiscent to um the Rodney King verdict when it came out and we were all kind of like what? You know, and it and it gives you these this feeling of just powerlessness, and then you're angry, and you don't know what to do with that anger, and um, you know, there's there's people who are really taking. I mean, there's various levels of people taking it internally, and so. Uh, there's one. There was one person in particular who wrote to me who said that she was contemplating ending a relationship with a Swedish American man. I told you every time I do these hangouts, the phone rings. Um, she was she was contemplating ending a relationship with a Swedish American man because he basically stated the facts of the case that that um Mike Brown was um you know in the process of like b- before they showed um footage of um Mike Brown in a liquor store and he was kind of like manhandling everybody and just sort of being a bully and um, you know the swedish guy was like well this is what happened and so she was very hurt by that because she felt like he was not acknowledging her pain, and it moved her to the point where she's ready to end the relationship. And she asked me basically if that's something that she should do. And I'm never going to give people, I and mean, you guys need to know this, I'm never going to give people advice to you know uh, end a relationship unless um, you know clearly. There's some abuse going on, or if children um, are involved and they're being abused, you're never going to get that answer from me. That um, I'm going to say you need to leave this person. I'm I'm just you know the decision is going to be yours because you're not going to blame me that you know you let somebody go because I told you to. So I you know again that that's your decision. You're an adult. I'm not going to um, give you advice. Um, on whether you should leave or stay but I'm gonna kind of give I'm I'm gonna try to guide you and um, What I did today based on that? email that I got was I put together a um, a sort of list of rules that people in interracial relationships should maybe consider when they are um, faced with issues related to to race and, you know, how one group of people are um, perceiving things versus what another group is perceiving things. And I put this on the forum because, again, like I have been criticized for not covering the Mike Brown Ferguson case, but I got to tell you, I have, but I've been very um, judicious about where I... Um, put the information. I've been putting it on the forum, which is a protected spot. If you guys haven't um, joined the forum yet, it's beyond beyondblackwhiteforums.com. I put it on the forum because, um, you know, I've I've been attacked already. I mean, I I did a post on on uh, pumpkin smoothies, and some troll came on there and said. Why aren't you covering the Mike Brown case? Oh, I know why. You're too busy sucking white, D-I-C-K. And I'm like, this is on a video about pumpkin smoothies. So, like, I've already been attacked Um, for people who perceive that I'm not covering this. I'm covering this, but um, I'm just not providing an avenue for people to come in and And attack our community and that's why I'm so proud of the forum because it allows for us to have these conversations troll free so again this is a plug for the forum if you haven't joined yet um, you're missing out on a lot because it's really um, and and in the future we're going to be building and building I'm going to be putting um, on content on there that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else Um, Because I want you to feel like there's a reason why um, you've joined the forum, that you're getting something out of it, and that your community support is enriching your life in some way. So um, if you haven't joined the forum yet, it's beyondblackwhiteforums.com. You have to register to see the content. And to participate, you need to be a subscriber. And again, it's $9.99 a year. It's a nominal fee, but it's the reason why we do that is because we want to keep the number of people who are trolling our site down. Right now, we've only been open a month. We have over a 1,000 registered people to the forum, but a Couple hundred people are subscribers, Um, so that tells me there's a lot of curious people and some of them are trolls but they're not able to contribute because they aren't subscribers and That's just a way to sort of protect our community. I think it's important to protect our community Okay, so I'm going to go through really quick what um, what I put in the forum and then I'm going to bring in a special guest and her name is Jennifer. I want to make sure that I get her last name spelled right. I can't find it. It's in there somewhere. Um, her, her name is Jennifer. She wrote a, a Huffington Post article um, in regards to how she's dealing with. Um, the issues that happened in Ferguson and how she's navigating with the fact that her husband, who is white, is a police officer and they have a biracial son. We'll talk about, we'll, we'll bring her in later, we'll talk about that later, but she's got some interesting perspectives, and definitely am looking forward to what she has to say. And then later I will provide you guys with a link so that if you guys want to chime in and um, have a discussion we can do that too. Okay, so Here is what I wrote on the forum. Um, I think when events like Ferguson happen, both races need to acknowledge certain truths. I think much of the frustration comes from each party so invested in their own emotions that neither wants to acknowledge these truths. Um, And I I start with uh, non-black men. Non-black men involved in interracial relationships. You have to acknowledge that racism in this country still exists if you yourself even if you yourself do not endorse or engage in such bigotry and discrimination we are a country founded upon a racial hierarchy which was used to justify slavery and subsequent injustices like segregation the people who encouraged accepted and perpetuated such injustices are not all dead in many parts of the country Some white people yearn for the old days when everything was separate and vastly unequal. Point number two, non-black men, you have to acknowledge that when events of perceived injustice based on racial lines and racial hierarchy, it's extremely painful and leads many of us to feel powerless in the world in which we live. Many of us go into utter despair. And when you visibly see your partner in despair, it is not the time to apply your logic and rationalism. It is a time for you to hold her in your arms and soothe her through her pain until she is capable of having a rational conversation. Point number three. When emotions are raw, it's best to observe and acknowledge the pain the other person feels. Acknowledging a person's pain doesn't mean that you have to 100% agree. It just means that you care enough about the person in front of you to listen and give support. Point number four, please acknowledge that there is a segment of police who are completely sociopathic, And power-hungry. If they didn't pass the police exam, they would probably be in the mob or in a street gang. While a police force is necessary to prevent anarchy, understand that not every person who enters such a vocation does so to serve and protect. Some do it to maim and exploit, and many victims of such abuse are minorities. Yours truly, that is me, <laughs> was a recipient of such abuse of power, and I have never broken the law nor have a police record. Final point. Because we live in a country where with a racial hierarchy, understand that issues related to your partner affect you too. If you have children, you need to know that your children may be negatively impacted by those who adhere to the hierarchy. You have to acknowledge police misconduct so that you can protect your progeny. Okay, so now that I've addressed that side, now I have to address the black women who are in these relationships. Black women, you have to acknowledge certain truths. First point, the black community is in tatters. We have a 73 plus percent out of wedlock rate, resulting in utter chaos, especially in lower income neighborhoods. Children growing up with, without fathers are the walking wounded and are often angry and much more likely to drop out of school and go to jail. You need to know that outsiders who observe this dysfunction see it for what it is. Everyone can see. We have to acknowledge that fractured families come into play when it comes to chaos within our community. No amount of money or legislation will affect the change that needs to come from within. Second point, you need to understand that white people see us killing each other. They see how many of us... us apply little value to our own lives and the lives of others they become confused when a black person's life seems to suddenly have value and galvanize the community only when a white person ends it i am going to repeat that because that is important i don't want you to miss it they see how many of us apply little value to our own lives and the lives of others. They become confused when a black person's life seems to suddenly have value and galvanize the community only when a white person ends it. They notice and yes, they are quietly judging. Third point. You have to acknowledge that the black community is not completely innocent, powerless, and unable to enlist personal accountability. Not everything is the white devil's fault. Much of it is ours. Final point. You need to understand that the man in front of you should not be some voodoo avatar to stand for every racist white person that has ever wronged you or others. Just as you want to be judged as an individual, you must also extend that courtesy to your partner. That's the advice that I gave to people who are in black, white, where the, the, um, the, the male is, is white and the female is black you know it also can apply to i guess black men who are you know with white women as well but that's not the community that i service so um that's basically where i stand on these issues and again empathy has to come into play you guys both have to shut up and let other and, and let the other person listen and when the other person is in pain That's where your empathy and your compassion and your love for the person in front of you has to come in. When we are in pain, we are not always rational. When we are in pain, we don't always adhere to logic, especially as women. We're very emotional. So it might not be time to hit us with the facts, even if the facts are legitimate. However, Black women, you can't you cannot go around thinking that the black community is innocent little babies that have no agency. That doesn't that does not do us any sort of service at all. It infantilizes us and it also hamstrings um you know people who are trying to do better. So I think that um we're we're going to have to work we're both going to have to work to do better and i hope that uh this community you know understands where i come i'm coming from i i want you to know that i understand you know where the pain comes from i have i have lived it i know i have a son and i you know of course i'm concerned for him as well but again we have got to in order to affect change, you're yeah, going to have to acknowledge. Better. <laughs> Hi, Jennifer. Um, can you do me a favor? Can you turn down um, my YouTube so that you yeah, can Yeah, I just closed no that YouTube. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you guys, I um, am want to introduce you to Jennifer. Is it Borget? Borget. How Bourget. do that your last name? Borgé. Jennifer? Yeah, can you hear me? How do I pr- pronounce your last name? It's Borgé. Yes, I can hear you. Borgé. Yeah, Borgé, okay. Um, okay, so I just want to give you guys a little introduction to Jennifer Jennifer is a um, obviously a beautiful African-American woman who is married to a white man and they have two biracial children one is is a boy and one is a girl and her husband is a police officer and she wrote a really poignant essay about how the issue that happened in Ferguson affects her both sides I mean her husband who is white is a police officer and she worries for him and she's got a son who's biracial um, and has sort of a phenotype of, of an African-American if you can clearly see he's mixed that she has to be concerned about so it was sort of interesting to read that piece now Jennifer tell me what inspired you to write for the Huffington Post Basically, um, I have been
1: feeling kind of like, I know people you were saying, some of your readers were asking, you know, why haven't you said anything yet? Um, and I feel like some of my friends were kind of asking me the same thing. They wanted to know my opinion, and I felt like I could never give my opinion on the topic in a quick one-sentence answer because I've always, anytime a story comes out about an officer, and um, a shooting especially with an African American man a black man um, I you know I I don't know what to say because it's not a simple answer so I just thought one night I was like you know what I just need to write down what I'm feeling about this Um, you know it's not necessarily about this Ferguson case specifically but how I've been feeling for months um, for or longer than that, probably even the past year or so, um, but specifically with this Ferguson case, um, watching the news one night and kind of all the emotions going through me, I sat down and I was like, okay, I just need to write this down. And um, that's what I did. And I didn't know if I was going to share it with anyone because it was very personal and I didn't want to put it on my blog because I didn't know if people would be receptive to that. Not everyone you know, knows about my husband's career. And I just thought, you know, I'm going to send it to the Huffington Post and see if they want to run it. And if they do, then okay, it's out there. So that's what I did, and that's how it happened.
0: And and, and I'm so glad that you did, and I'm so glad that you messaged me, too, because it was yeah. this perfect timing. It was totally perfect timing. Now tell me, what when all of this went down, what was the conversation that you had with your husband about it? You know him as a police officer, what were people saying in the force behind this quote unquote blue wall? <laughs> well, it's funny because
1: I mean, I don't really feel like i mean if if he does talk about it at work, um I mean, I haven't really asked him what his coworkers or you know people like that have said. I mean, talking to him about it, I mean, I feel like I know a lot more than the average person about police tactics and safety and I mean I've even been to my own workshops where we do um, scenarios on okay when are you gonna shoot, when are you not gonna shoot, um, you know someone has a knife and they're coming at you, when are you gonna pull the trigger and um, you know I've I've realized that um, it's a lot different and, than people than the average person you know knows and what People are trained to do. I mean, a lot of times I hear people say, "When someone has a weapon, uh, why didn't they just shoot the gun out of their hand?" And I'm like, what? "You don't know anything. Like you're watching <laughs> movies. You know, you don't. You're not. You can't shoot a gun like out of somebody's hand. That's not. You know how they're trained. It's you know, it's not like shoot to injure somebody. Shoot them in the
0: leg or something. You know." Um, Wait, so, let me let me stop you right there uh, for a second. Why can't you just shoot to injure? So, so then, you know, possibly. And I don't know yeah. if you can answer this question, but you know, people ask, well, why wasn't he tasered, or yeah. why wasn't he shot in the leg, or why didn't he get his kneecaps blown mm-hmm. out? I mean, is that legitimate? I,
1: I mean, I don't know about like that specific case, and I don't really feel comfortable talking about that specific. Right. Case, you know mm-hmm. what? Um, but in the case of um you know deadly force encounters from you know what I've heard it's if if you fear your life is in danger um, most most commonly you know with people with with weapons you know if someone has a gun you aren't going to try to shoot the gun out of their hand or shoot them in the leg you know and hope that they drop the gun you don't you know the point of having a gun isn't to injure someone you use that as a last resort so okay. you know sure if you're gonna use a taser or something else like okay you know that's what you're gonna do to stop it but at the point that you pull your gun out you're using it as deadly
0: force. Right, it's like you you, you there to take care of business. Yeah. <laughs> totally get it. Um, okay so like I said, I, I I loved this I loved this article, and there were some people who I posted it on our fan page, and there were some people who had some mm-hmm. some questions, and we're, we'll, we'll maybe go through a couple of them. But the one that the one thing that really stuck out to me was the paragraph where you um, and I can, I'm just gonna I'm gonna read um, where it says I don't. I don't need to know much more than the statistics to know that I need to be vigilant with my son. No toy guns ever. Teach him to address adults with respect, and if he has a problem with authority, he follows orders and brings this to me so that I can get to the bottom and handle it. I will teach him to trust police because he can't afford not to. Fear and the urge to fight or flight could ultimately cost his life. I'm sure there will be times where he'll get angry with me for not allowing him to do the things his white friends do. But the fact of the matter is he can't get away with those same things. It's a privilege I took from him by giving him my black jeans. And until our country begins to value the lives of all of our children equally, that is how it has to be. Now. What are some of the things that you won't allow your son to do that maybe his white friends...
1: Yeah, some people have been asking me that. You know, I I didn't want to imply that he can't have white friends or he can't hang out with uh, white friends. I mean, that's not at all what I meant. But, um, you know, I mean, a lot of us, Myself and my husband included did dumb things when we were growing up, and I think in this day and age, you know, like with Facebook, social media, I mean, everything's out there. First of all, um, and it's just um, people are going to perceive him differently than maybe even myself, or definitely my husband. You know, like with pranks. You know, I don't, I don't want him to be involved with pranksters <laughs> because you know they could see his friends toilet papering a house or you know throwing eggs at a car or something and think oh they're just being kids they're just you know just whatever but they might see my son doing the same exact thing and call him a thug or a hoodlum or you know think that he's like this yeah. dangerous person so i just really have to when he reaches that point um, be careful and hopefully gentle in how I tell them these things, you know, people are going to look at you differently, so we really have to be extra careful and go the extra mile so that they don't perceive you that way.
0: And now, in terms of your husband, what concerns do you have with the recent outcome with, you know, what happened um, with Ferguson? How, how are you dealing with um, the possibility of how... He might be received. I mean, should he wear a button with your with with his family on it? I was kinda of thinking like that because my husband is an insurance agent. And um he has pictures of us of his family. And it's funny when black people um sit down, like at first they're kinda of like, Oh, this white dude and yeah. then they see pictures of the family and they're like, Oh yeah,
1: Exactly, yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should get a family
1: button, I know. a family picture and put it as a button. I think that would be a little dangerous for him to, you know, why
0: are <laughs> like, "I know what your family yeah. wants you know. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, with in all seriousness, you know, how are you dealing with, you know, every time he goes out, he's you know, dealing with the possibility of facing people who are going to be belligerent of, yeah. of him and his position and, and his whiteness.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, I mean, right now I feel like I worry about him more than my son. I mean, he's one and a half, and, you know, my son or my husband is out working every night, and, um, you know, people don't know his background. They don't know that he, you know, understands a lot of their anger and frustrations and you know they just see him as a white officer and think that he's like everybody else you know and I think in a lot of the ways that we don't want to be judged and thought of like people see us on TV I think a lot of officers don't want to be judged and seen as you know a a few bad examples and I just, you know, I mean, I, I worry about him. I worry, you know, both ways. I worry that stuff like this will get to him and that someday if he's ever in a situation where he um, needs to protect himself, that he will hesitate and get hurt because he's worried about um, backlash, you know? The I mean, that's... Gene, PC, that whatever. ...after things like this.
0: So, So, I mean... What reassurances do you have? like how do you you know how do you feel about you know kissing him goodbye when he goes out on the
1: job? And- <laughs> you know, I mean, I think a lot of it is um, just um faith, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean I just gotta trust that he's going to be okay. I mean, there was actually a shooting here in my city uh, last night, and it was on CNN today, and he had left just fifteen minutes before like was right in that area where that happened. Yeah and um you know i'm so grateful that nothing happened but i mean people you know that story will come and go like quickly i mean um but you know it's my reality that i live with every day
0: <laughs> but you know you look happy and relaxed you're a stay at home mom you're beautiful <gasps> um and and it's funny because like i meet so many people and i forgot i'm like i met her at Blogalicious yeah. like yeah <laughs>
1: No, we go way back.
0: We do, we do. That was so glad you reached out to me. But okay, so I just want to go really quickly because you talked about um, the incidents of officer-involved shootings and it was like a hundred nationwide last
1: year. uh, Yes, in the article, so far this year there have been 105 officers, as of yesterday when I checked, that have died in the line of duty and um, like 40 something of them have been shot to Death. Mm-hmm. Like, in others. Some have been beaten to death. Others have been
0: wow.
1: um, run over with a car. Others, um, various, you know, things. So, um, so yeah. Some and, of it was might have been accidental. Some were accidental. Yeah. Some were accidental gunfire. Some were a lot were car accidents. Um, but gunfire is the number one. Um, not accidental gunfire, but um, like yeah, gunfire is the number one cause of of death for officers at least this year.
0: And and to put that in perspective, you have to think about, you know, how many police officers there are. I mean, Mm -hmm. how many police officers are there nationwide? I mean, are we talking, you know, but it doesn't matter when it's your husband, right? But are we talking about like 1% of police officers if you're talking about like 100,000 police officers and maybe...
1: 100? No, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know in what in New York, I think they're the largest force, and they have like what, like 20, 30,000? Flu- I mean, it's a ton, right. you know.
0: Right. So um, I, I'm thinking it's there's probably, like, you know, yeah. 100,000 cops, wouldn't you say? I'd probably say maybe. Probably more than
1: that, but
0: yeah. Um, that's I mean, just the very like, low baseline.
1: Yeah, sheriff's departments and.
0: Highway patrol yeah, and, yeah, and all of that, yeah. but it still doesn't matter when it's your husband, oh or yeah, your father, yeah. your brother. So mm-hmm. you know, not to, I'm not trying to minimize that in any way, but it's just to put that in perspective. But it's it is something to think about. But I'm sure that that's some reassurance that you know that the odds are well into his favor that you know, he's going to come home and he's going to live definitely. I mean I I I tend to be on the positive optimistic
1: side and I say, Oh, that's that's probably never gonna happen to you. Most officers never have to draw their weapon or absolutely shoot, you know, I mean like that's another thing that, you know, people think I you know, that there are these murders every day, but um but most officers Never have to fire their weapon, um, and a lot never have to even draw their gun. You know, so um, so I tell them that. You know, I'm like, oh, most never fire a weapon in their entire career, and and he's like, well, I can't think that way. You know, I have to like yeah, be, be positive. Prepared,
0: Absolutely,
1: You know, in case <laughs> something happens, you can't just be like, oh, you know, I'm I'm good. Nothing never happens. You know, right, it happened last night. So, um. Yeah, yeah, but I tend to be on the positive side and think, okay, you know, I mean, there are still nights that I get nervous, but especially after events like this, I get more nervous because I worry about retaliation, you know. Exactly. But, um, and, and, and
0: feelings and emotions are still running high. Yeah. Now, okay, now we've we got to switch off a little bit because, <laughs> um, we, we you know, I am like the queen of interracial relationships, so we don't have to go there. <laughs> How did, meet, <laughs> how did you meet your husband? We met
1: on a blind date <laughs> when I was a really? kid. We've been married almost 10 years. Be wow! Months, so,
0: wait, wait, uh, wait, and you're 29? You got married when you were 19?
1: I was almost 19. Yeah, we were really young. Oh. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: so I married him long before he was a police officer, so yeah. <laughs>
0: Wait, okay, so you got to go back. So you guys were 17? Oh, and no, a blind no, no. Date. I
1: was 22. I was okay. um, 18, and we met on a blind date, and then six months to the day from the day we met, we got married. So, wow. um, yeah, so it was really quick. I mentioned to you earlier, I, I went to BYU, so <laughs> that's yes.
0: typical at BYU. So, so you were at... BYU is being, for those who don't know is Brigham Young University and that is sort of the hub university for um people who are Mormon and um a lot of I I live in Temecula and I swear half of the people who live here are Mormon <laughs> So I actually know a lot about the community and their belief systems and stuff like that and I know a lot of um people meet and marry when they go to Brigham Young which is you know it's so it's not atypical that you you may I'm just surprised that it happened so quick <laughs> like, yeah I know I am too <laughs> you're a freshman <laughs> Well, I
1: graduated high school a year early, so I was technically like a sophomore, but yeah. <laughs>
0: <Wow>. <laughs> because, and I this sort kidding. of shoots the whole idea in the foot about like, oh, Mormon men don't marry black women.
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, no, you should meet my friends. <laughs> There's a lot of us. There's a lot of us, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's it's sort of interesting that people have all of these presuppositions about, um, you know, communities such as the Mormons, and yes, they've had their issues in the past. <laughs> we know what they are. <laughs> we all need to go over it. Cause, I mean, when I found out about it, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <I know. laughs> But, I mean, we've we've moved on. And one thing that I will say is this. You know them by their fruits. And the Mormons who I have met have been the most wonderful people and the most welcoming. And I feel like they must be – they're also very prosperous, so they must be putting – what they're putting out as far as, as far as positive energy is coming back to them because you, the, the Mormon religion is so – fruitful and prosperous and growing And um, yeah, so I, it, it's not something I. And I, I actually wrote a post about this. It might be something to consider, you know, considering a Mormon man because the values of marriage is very important to them. It's true. You might
1: they might convert you in the process of dating them, but right. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so, were you already Mormon? Yeah, or? I
1: already was. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I have been since I was like eleven. So.
0: Okay, so so it was your family
1: converted, and then... Yes, yes, my family was, and um, yeah, and then I just, I wanted to go into broadcast journalism, and I knew that BYU had a good program, so when I, you know, hit middle school, I was like, sight set on that, you know, and then um, I graduated high school year early, and went to a community college for a year, and then I met my husband my first summer at BYU, and
0: it was like, Meant
1: to be, we you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's wonderful. And actually, um, I want to introduce you to Jeff Lowry, and he's a fellow blogger on Beyond Black and White. Okay. And this is the second week joining us for the live chat, and I invited the people in our private Google Plus group to join us. Hi, Jeff.
3: Hey, Krystlyn.
0: Now, tell me something. Um, now, you're in Detroit, Yep. And you know, it's kind of a, you know, you know, there's <laughs> you know, there's there's been some, some issues in the past as far as the races go. How have things been with you and your kids and your future stepkids um in dealing with the news about Ferguson?
3: Um really hasn't had any impact. I mean, I haven't necessarily talked about it. Um, with my kids there wasn't there wasn't even a um really a buzz around school or anything which I was a little surprised um you know the school I teach in is um suburban um mixed primarily african american but you know we 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 probably have maybe ten fifteen percent um white kids and again i was I was expecting a little more buzz around the school and there really wasn't any and I was kind of surprised so
0: were you what were your feelings when you um, when you heard about the decision not to pursue criminal charges?
3: Um, in in all honesty, I I haven't really uh, I mean I've followed it some obviously as, as most of us have but uh, I I really haven't gotten too wrapped up into um, all all the details and I really would need to in order to make an a, um, an objective judgment there. You know, certainly I. I don't know. There, there, there's a lot that went wrong. Um, I mean, certainly, do I have a do I have a problem when I see um, instances that that clearly there was there was some some real injustice? Yes, but I, I read your um your post on the on the blog and into the forums, and I I very much agree with your take on it, Crystal. So. Um.
0: What did you and your fiance, and if you guys don't know, um, Jennifer, Jeff is engaged to um, an African-American woman, and he is a teacher in a primarily African-American um, neighborhood. Uh, what was the conversation? that Did you guys have this conversation? How was her feelings about it?
3: Actually, we really didn't have this conversation. I mean, we, we, we watched a little bit of the news, but, but beyond that, um, I mean, you know, ne- neither one of us got into a whole lot of details. I mean, certainly, so I, I don't want to speak of, of details when I'm really not sure, other than, um, you know, cl- clearly something's wrong when um, whatever may prompt it. You know, any, any time there was, what, what, six shots fired? Is that what, from the reports that I've seen? Mm-hmm. I, wow. I, you know, I, I, I haven't really thought a whole lot about whether, um what may or may not have been justified or precipitated it but but six is certainly five too many
0: <laughs> now now tell me something Jennifer yeah <laughs> um the the note that I got I don't know if you saw that and and um we've we've got to get you part uh, as part of the form as well so you can be in the loop the note that I got from this young, woman who, well, I don't even know if she's young, but she's like, I'm dating this Swedish guy, Swedish-American, and I talked to him about Ferguson, and I'm thinking about da- breaking up with him because, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, because he said that Mike Brown was a bully, and I couldn't believe it. I was so hurt. What do you think about people who are like actually contemplating breaking up or ending a relationship based on the events that are happening over there?
1: I mean I think it really depends on the person I mean if that's something that is they are going to be wanting to talk about all the time if they're going to want to be focused and you know debating about um story, news stories and you know focusing on race issues and things like that you know that could be I mean I should say even if they're not going to be talking about it all the time you do want someone who can you can have a conversation with about that and not Always be in heated arguments, and especially right. you want someone who can be sympathetic to your point of view. Right. But I mean, I don't. That's not something that my husband and I. talk, I mean, most of the time we forget that we're an interracial couple. Right. You know, and it's
0: exactly. Until, I mean, I mean I was saying earlier, we're like we are like trying to make sure that you know there's like food. You know, like okay, yeah. what you know, we what are we gonna so have for dinner? To
2: worry
1: and about,
0: you know, about I'm not you thinking, thinking about. Brush their teeth, and you know it's. Just the regular, just day to day stuff. Exactly. Like, we don't talk about these issues all the time. And it's just kind of interesting to me how people want to make it seem like interracial couples are constantly talking about race. And we're not. I mean, yeah, we're just... not
1: at all.
3: No. <laughs> not
0: at all. You know, and I mean, in these cases, I
1: think the only reason we talk about it as much is because he's a police officer and he has a totally, you know, like, like a way wider right. scope on the situation than the average person, you know, so so we talk about it because I want to know, well, you know like let's let's go through this scenario, and what if like this happened, you know, um but I mean, ordinarily, we would not be debating about something like that, you know, and I think you really have to think like what's most important to you, you know, I mean, you want someone who's sympathetic, but um, it sounded from her letter like he just kind of wasn't sure like you know this is weird and and he's a foreigner so he doesn't
0: have that frame of reference exactly
1: yeah he's kind of new to this like give him a chance to catch up and kind of you know (laughs) your point of view and then maybe see where the relationship goes from there and if he completely like does not appreciate your opinion then maybe you'll want to rethink things but I mean if you guys you guys should be able to talk about some stuff right exactly
0: and uh, And here's another thing, too, where the disconnect comes in. And, you know, you you talked about it briefly in your your article about teaching your child to respect authority. I also have a son who is biracial. Um, I don't know. He's probably of questionable phenotype. I I don't think he necessarily looks, you know, black, but, hey, who knows? we I still know that that is part of his heritage and so I will be making him cognizant of what potential issues as he grows older and as it is Mm age-appropriate but my question is knowing what we know you know we can't even ask the question like why did Mike Brown um charge the police. Why did he steal that? Like I mean like all of the things that led up to this sort of the total disrespect of authority. Why can't we talk about that? Like is that not legitimate? I mean to talk about it. If you if you're I mean you're teaching your son to respect authority, and to respect the police, Mm -hmm. and why are you doing that? Because his safety depends on it, and why didn't anybody in Mike Brown's family, and this is just me asking the question. You know, I I try
1: not to focus on, like, specific stories, because I feel like it's, you know, still so soon and so emotional. It's too raw, yeah. I mean, but to say, like, with my son, you know, and taking it, you know, and that's, in the article that i wrote i really just tried to keep it all like my point of view and not you know my opinion on the actual um, event that occurred but with my son i mean yes i i have to teach him to um, respect authority to um you know I mean like I said some things his his friends might do I mean if if he's involved with friends who wanna go and you know shoplift or something I mean kids do that you know yes, and I, mean, they do. but I don't want my son to be a part of that because right. people are already gonna be suspicious of him when he walks in the store you know they may be looking at him instead of his friends that are with him but you know he he can't be involved in things like that because there's already a target so to speak on his back so I want him to, and this is how my parents taught me, I, I didn't mention this in my article, but my husband, my father was a police officer as well. So, um, you know, we were taught to respect authority, you know, um, never, you know, and if he was afraid of the police officer, I also mentioned that, like, you know, I don't want my kids to be afraid of police, I want them to trust the police, okay. I want them to be ready to call them if they need police, if, someone, if something happens to them, so, um, you know, and if they're not afraid, then they're not going to feel threatened, and they're not going to want to run or just fight. You know.
0: Yeah. Don. Don Rice. I see you joined us. Hun, can you turn down your YouTube um, uh, feedback? Because you 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 must have me on YouTube. So can you turn that off?
2: Uh, I'm not sure how to do that.
0: Well, if you just go to your YouTube window and just close it. Are you on my?
2: I. No, I don't have YouTube up at all.
0: Okay, well, you've got feedback somewhere. Do you have a television on or a radio on or something?
2: Oh, yeah, there's a television on in the background. Oh, yeah. Hang Can on you a second. It down, hon? Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. It's so funny. You're like me. Like I have back- I, I, I love background noise. I can't fo- I can't work unless there's back- background noise. <laughs> um but now uh, first I, I do want to preface and say this to everybody who is listening do do I think that oh, Mike right. Brown was wrong for behaving that way yes do I think he deserved to die for that no so absolutely I it's very unfortunate that a young person got cut down on um, in the process of have of living a full life or potentially living a full life, because of a, a moment in time where they may have thought, like many teenagers thought, that they were invincible. You know, we have all thought. I mean, I have been on the highway going 90 miles an hour when I was 18 years old, thinking I can't pop a tire, mm-hmm. I can't get into a car accident, I'm gonna live forever, and nothing's gonna happen to me. So I think we've all had those sort of unwise, and, and, and we've all been able to live to talk about it. So it's very unfortunate that Mike Brown was not able to live to talk about and maybe correct the mistakes or maybe teach, you know, his future children, hey, this is what not to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Don, are you there?
2: Yeah, I'm here.
0: What do you have to say? Like, do you, do you, have you been listening to the broadcast? What do you have to say about all this?
2: Well, I, since I just came on, um, I have a draw of what you said, just this last part. Well, uh, but uh, for, well, from what from what I've read on, on in the uh, online media, like Alternet and uh, uh, Daily Cause, is that uh, the the, the that Brown was like a hundred and almost 150 feet away when he was shot. There was no way at that distance he could have been a threat having no weapons at all. And,
0: uh, and and that's where the confusion comes in. And I don't think, because there were no cameras, there's no way to tell what exactly happened. So um, all I know is, is that you know this kid did something that wasn't a good thing Well, obviously was not a good idea it was breaking the law in some way but did the punishment fit the crime meaning did he did the fact that he lost his life worth it worth what he was doing And and frankly my answer is no but I wasn't there you know I think I about when I was nineteen. It. I'm trying to put myself back twenty years mm. plus. I'm <laughs> an old lady.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did, no, you ain't no way you could possibly look old, Chris. I,
0: I, I don't look old, but I am. I was born <laughs> in the '70s, so I mean, no, I, I, I mean, I was. I got know, you I by quite, quite a few years. Mm. Thing, so.
2: Now, I've got Please you by quite a man. few years.
0: <laughs> uh, and the youngest one is is Jennifer. She's 29. I couldn't believe it. But I love it, because she was like, I thought you were my age. I was like, I love you. <laughs>
2: when, you, po- when, you when you posted those pics a while back from your uh, Mexico trip, when you're in your bikini, it's like, yeah, you looked about in your 20s. <laughs>
0: all right, now. <laughs> That's what all that yoga is for. And you know, black don't crack, so... <laughs>
2: yeah my second wife used should tell me that all the time <laughs> well it's the
0: truth it is definitely the truth okay so we are five minutes before the broadcast is over and I just want to give everybody an opportunity to say a final word and I will give our guest Jennifer um, an opportunity to plug whatever you've got going in your blog and whatever else I have you thanks
1: um, so yeah thank you so much for having me on um, Normally, I'm blogging over at babymakingmachine.com, which is where I document my journey in making beautiful yeah. memories with our beautiful babies and help others with inspiration on um, documenting their families and their lives um, and also making strong roots with your kids so that they can know where they come from and help them to know where they're going. Um, and yeah, also, I just want to say with this whole story, you know, I mean, the first in the first part of the story I kind of spoke as a journalist and how I'm a little disappointed in the coverage of this because there's so much information out there that is like wrong but it's been running because you know that's just what people were putting on the news when they first got there so I mean really um, you know we want people to be open to our viewpoints and I think it's important to kind of be open to um, seeing things from different perspectives. But thank you so much again for having me on.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And you're just so adorable. Aww, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you remind me of my younger self. Oh, good. That's good. I'm going good places. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, how about you? Any last words?
3: Uh, no, I just want to wish everybody a good evening, and, and I enjoy these chats. These are. Uh, these are always great. So.
0: Yep. And we're curious. looking forward to your wedding, you guys. So whoever is listening, there's always more people listening. Jeff is getting married in Las Vegas, and we are going to have our first big Beyond Black and White bash in Las Vegas in celebration of Jeff getting married. And so we're very excited. We're, details yeah. are to come. We're working out the details right now with the travel agent. Sweet.
3: It's going to be great.
0: Yay! And Don, I had to mute you because you had um, background stuff. Don, can you hear me? Yeah, I had to mute him because he was—it was like too much background. But anyway, thank you guys so much for for joining me, and um, it was a great conversation. And I hope that it was helpful for some folks. Um, I hope people who were like, you know, debating whether to end you know meaningful relationships over this or maybe you know maybe giving it a second thought <laughs> and I'm hoping that um, people get a different perspective alright well thank you guys and um, wow this is this is a first we're actually two minutes early but thank you guys and, and don't forget to join the forum beyondblackwhiteforums.com we're talking about these series issues. Be sure to contribute. And Jennifer will also be joining us because she um, I have recently invited her to cover um, our blended families category. So she's going to be putting in some stuff from her blog as well. And we're really trying to build this community and, and make it sort of like the hub for black women who are in interracial relationships. All right. Well, thank you, guys. See you next week. And mwah Love to all. See you again. Bye. Have a good Bye.
3: weekend, folks. Bye.